0: Welcome to Grains and Grace. I'm Ryan and I'm here with my brother-in-law, John. Hey, What's going on? What's going on? We are continuing a discussion that we started in in typical Ryan John form. We got a little bit carried away and we just didn't have enough time to fit into one episode. So we are continuing our discussion on worship. Holy worship or holy dopamine? Ooh, maybe we'll find out or maybe we'll discover nothing. Time will tell. But well, hey, this was it was Sunday today. It so, was Sunday, so we went to church and
1: and uh, it was pretty doggone good service. Yes. And
0: did you have a holy experience? I would say I did have a very holy, very worthwhile, uplifting experience. Um, going into church with a lot of stress, a lot of thoughts on my mind, and sometimes you get just exactly what you need from a service and from the message. That being delivered yeah the pastor delivered an
1: amazing sermon today the The music was we're talking about worship and the music was really good and some of the some of the points that we brought up yesterday when we were recording part one it was interesting to have talked all about that and then to come back into service mm-hmm. and to, i was thinking about things we had talked about as we were singing these songs and i was really surprised um at, at how relevant Uh, some of the issues we brought up were
0: yeah and i took a picture of one of the slides from the sermon and maybe it might we might be able to go back there and take a look at what those were and see how that relates to our conversation but hey before we get too far into it don't forget follow us review us uh share these podcasts to your friends help us to build this community because right now we're starting small but i think we have something worthwhile here that can do a lot of good or just waste an hour of your time on an afternoon
1: uh, Grains and Grace podcast. Listen, this is the place to become an armchair
0: theologian, mm-hmm. and an armchair philosopher. We have <laughs> just like us. If you're like, these two guys really have it going on, we want to be just like them. Just like them. Yeah. Um, become a Patreon. Uh, we have a page set up. Not only is it a place for you to support us, but we've been thinking that it's a great way for the community to provide feedback. Are there topics you would like us to tackle in the future? Are there things we've discussed that you think we could take further? Do you think something we've said is complete heresy and just a waste of your time? Tell us that too. Let us know it all. Uh, This
1: podcast is for everybody. Uh, No matter what denomination, non-denomination you are, whether you're a a Christian, a Buddhist, an atheist, an agnostic, we don't care. We love to hear from you and we want your feedback. We believe in the truth. We believe Jesus Christ is that truth. And so if, Truth is truth, and it should be able to stand up to any scrutiny that is presented to it. I would
0: agree. Bring on your scrutiny. <clears throat> Speaking of scrutiny, John, I want to give myself some scrutiny because we're sort of beating around the bush with why we did this in two parts and why suddenly we're <laughs> here on a Sunday morning doing the second part. We took a short break after our first section. We were going to regroup our thoughts and start recording, and we sat back down at our table and we had another 45 minutes. Up discussion only to look at our screen and someone forgot to push record on the second part of the conversation <coughs> yeah it was um it was me and i felt uh so much shame and remorse and regret yes. but thankfully my brother in christ john here and my brother-in-law in the world was showing me christ-like grace and didn't give me that hard of a time for it so
1: yes i showed Immense, Christ-like love and grace uh, in the most humble fashion possible.
0: (laughs) In a typical Lutheran form, we are having our beer today, but we didn't give ourselves anything fancy. I think in our penance, we are just having plain old Miller Miller Lite with this discussion. So there's not much to say. I already opened mine because I'm ready to go. Miller Lite, Um, though, is the quintessential summertime go-to beer. I would say when I was in college... And there were always the arguments, are you a Bud Light, are you a Miller Light, or, oh, heaven forbid, Natty Light. Um, I always fell into the Miller Light camp. Did I really know the difference between each of them, or was I able to distinguish it? I don't know. Well, I would say that Miller Light still retains a slight,
1: ever so slight, taste of beer to it. And (laughs) Bud Light is pure barley water. Yeah, Miller Lite
0: has the essence of beer. Um, yes, it's an essence of beer. It has
1: the spirit of
0: beer. Yes, if you will. If you want the real experience, uh, Miller High Life, though the champagne of beers, oh, so yeah, I went through is. a phase with that. So. I
1: I also did a Miller High Life phase, and uh, after that one day, it
0: was over. <laughs> it was over. Mine lasted a long while. I was in that Miller. High life desert for a long time, but I found my way out.
1: So, does your now, does your for those of you that don't know, Ryan is engaged to me?
0: I am. This is a true statement. This is a true statement. So, does she, does, does the misses the future misses have a favorite beer? Her favorite beer is the Dunkel, or if you want to be, uh, you know, weird about it. Dunkel. From, dunkel. From, German. From yes. Dunkel. Yes. I worked at a uh, liquor store for a while and the really serious beer drinkers would not call it dunkel. They would always put like a little fake German accent on it. Like, you know, when <laughs> yeah. someone fancy at a bar is trying to order a cocktail and they put all yeah. the accents it's on it. It's like there. come on. Yeah, it's it's a dunkel. Um she likes dunkel. He's got a he's got a
1: great fiancé. Everybody in the family loves her. And so uh, I was told to give you a message. Oh. Don't don't screw this up, Ryan. Don't screw this up because if you do,
0: we're gonna miss you. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna take my place. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. The... You know what? That would be absolutely acceptable. I completely understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am want to mess things up, but not something this important in yeah. my life. So yep. I think we're gonna be alright. All right. All right. But... all right. Well, here's to here's to here's to doing it. Let's rock and roll. Let's do this. So last time we were talking about worship, but we were talking a lot about the style of worship, contemporary versus traditional, the implementation of instruments versus just singing. Like what should worship actually be? Is there a way it should be? Yeah, and I and I think that
1: we maybe came to a conclusion there. I think most people would agree, you know, that, uh, there's, there's nothing that is, from a scriptural standpoint, that would say you can only use an organ, or you have to use guitars, or you should be a cappella. I think all of those find a basis in scripture that basically gives the Christian and the church um, a, a wide array of musical styles to praise and worship God. God created music, you know. He is mm-hmm. the, you know, He's the God of music too. So, yeah. no, the devil is not the God of music. <laughs> God is the God of music, and so all of these uh, instruments belong to Him, Absolutely. you know. And 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 the sounds that we hear and how we hear sounds and what it is. And so, um, I think that I think that they all they are edifying to the believer. And glorifying to God, I think they're all real avenues to uh, 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 an approach to worshiping God. And I think that the, the the point I wanted to make last time was it's okay for a church to be a traditional church. I think that if we are as churches criticizing each other, saying, well, this church only does hymns. They're boring. They're, no wonder they're losing members. They're not keeping up and relevant. Man, I don't think God calls us to be critics of his worshipers. I think what God wants us to do is just have charity for each other and understand, you know, some churches, they do hymns. Some churches, they do more rock style contemporary worship with almost a concert feel. And some churches do a blend of both. And some churches just do a cappella. And I think it's
0: all okay. Yeah, so we're wanting to dig a little bit deeper. If we're establishing that the music and the style really doesn't change as long as we have a heart moving towards God, could it be the words of the worship song? What's actually written? What we're singing? What we are uh, putting into our worship that might make a difference? So that's where I think we wanted to talk about a bit today is what's actually going into it, the meat and bones of the worship song yeah I think I think that there's definitely a place where um,
1: the words make a difference in the music so for instance we and we talked about this earlier but uh, this morning's worship service they included a song by Chris Tomlin mm-hmm. how great is our God I believe it's written by him uh, so if I did not give the correct uh, writing credentials to the songwriter I apologize but I Chris Tomlin made it popular.
0: Yeah, this is um, Chris Tomlin
1: you yeah. get all the credit. Uh, he, you know, this song "How Great Is Our God," you know, sing with me. And 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 he is preaching theology. as the Godhead three in one? Mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of people, he, he's preaching about the Holy Trinity in that. He's reminding us of who we are worshiping. Yeah. Um. And and then the declaration, just the refrain, is "How great is our God." Now, some people would be like, "Well, they're just repeating the same thing over and over." well
0: yeah but uh it's pretty powerful set against the music yeah and i can have i have fallen into that trap of being like oh i'm so tired of seeing the same thing because right before it, we sang a song that gets my goat which is uh you are good 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 oh i'm not gonna sing it but right I'm just we like i'm okay we get it god's good and then i'm also like But isn't he great? Is he better than good? Why are we just sticking? Well, don't get me started on that song. I like the uh, other one. The the other one. But I also, what I loved was the communal aspect. I really felt the, how great is our God? Because at that point, everyone was really perked up in their worship. And it felt there was the community and everyone singing together. And that hour just really stuck out in my head as being important to me yeah. that this was a communal thing. We have come together as a congregation
1: to I, I worship. I agree, yeah. I kept wanting, even while we were worshiping
0: uh, and doing that
1: song, I think the thing that I kept wanting in that is, is, man, it'd be cool if just like the piano stopped playing and the mics were put down and then they just, as we were singing the refrain, Mm-hmm. that they just let the congregation just sing it, you know, That's, and you talk about just an acapella, yeah. like no instruments. That would have been cool there. And, and just that, because there is that community, that sense of community, uh, as, as pastor Ryan talked about this morning, yeah. uh, that, that, that
0: strength in numbers really awesome. I I agree. That would have been a case. We're going to kind of talk about this orchestrating of how worship is done to evoke emotions and I feel like in that, it would have been a good thing. You know, it's yeah, very yeah, thought yeah. out. It's meticulous ahead of time um, to get a reaction. But in that case, I feel like it's a good reaction that you're getting from that experience and that reminder. Um, yeah. And I've heard that. Hap- um I've heard that song done that way where they'll do the acapella portion for yeah. a period of it. And it is very effective in yeah presentation of the worship and i think what it does there too is it emphasizes um
1: whatever song you're doing it can it can help emphasize ultimately music is emphasizing the words of a song yeah and so that music should be reflective of that song
0: um and i think that would have been an example so So I did have a question, though. There's different types of music out there that's in the Christian sphere. So we've got, especially in the contemporary world, we have contemporary worship music, which is what we associate with maybe singing in in church as a part of the worship service. Right. But then um, for quite some time now, I think really becoming popular in the late 70s, early 80s, and now in its own heyday is just contemporary Christian music Mm. in general, where it's not necessarily a worship song, but you'll go out and buy a cool Christian band's album, or they have concerts as opposed to worship services. Yeah. Is there a distinct difference between a contemporary Christian artist and someone who is uh, creating contemporary worship music? I think they uh, walk a tightrope. Mm-hmm. um
1: i think that they maybe even have uh two feet at all times uh in both camps with the exception of again amy grant's uh heart in motion album mm-hmm. uh that was clearly a reach into a second uh, audience but it was an amazing album and uh i give it high marks uh and there was a, a, a probably there's christian artists that have other albums like that i would say like uh a band like Need to Breathe, I think they're was it called Rivers in the Wasteland or something like that? But that was clearly more of a, to me, a, a an album that was not, there's nothing in there that would have been considered, you know, a worship song or something like that. It was just a album by, to me, it came across as an album by Christians that had heavy Christian influence. Yeah. Almost like early U2 stuff. Um, so what I would say is most Christian artists probably find themselves in both camps at all times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a band that I would say would probably be a perfect example, uh, and I think they're bro- they're, they're, they've are they're they retired now as a band,
0: is a Third Day. I love Third Day.
1: I love Third Day. They had a Man. worship
0: album that I still play yeah. back today, their first worship album. I have yes. nitpicks about the second one.
1: Yes, the (laughs) offerings they had in offerings one and offerings two. And that was clearly a worship album. But if you listen to their albums, there's worship songs to me, or at least songs that I was able to worship to Mm -hmm. on this contemporary Christian album. Yeah. So, uh, I think Michael W. Smith probably walks, um, Mm -hmm. both, both feet in both camps a lot of times. You know, I don't know that I think when you're a Christian, I don't know that. And you're a song, if you're a songwriter, I, I, I got to think that uh, that happens a lot, you know, that, that that you don't really separate the two sometimes.
0: And I had a experience on the way to church. I was listening to, it's a band that's no longer around for a number of reasons, but there was a local Christian band in Kansas called... Abandoned Kansas, yeah, um, like abandoning in the state, but abandoned. Very yeah. clever. But their albums are actually very dark, almost like emo esque, and they remind me of Psalms, like David crying out to God for help. The lead singer struggled with a lot of addiction throughout it, so he was right. still a Christian. They were still under a Christian label, but it couldn't be considered worship because he's more singing and expressing his emotions and his pain and his relationship with God as opposed to strictly. But I found a lot of value in that too because I'm learning. I'm not worshipping but I'm still thinking about myself. I'm thinking about my relationship. I don't know if I can call that worship. So yeah, so here's, this is you bring up a
1: really interesting point because um you have in Christian music bands that are there's definitely bands that are trying not to be a worship band. Mm. They're trying to write music as Christians. Yes. And my issue with that, so I, because of this discussion that we're doing, I decided to stay up late last night and mm. listen to old uh, Christian uh, songs that from the 90s. There was this band, it was a really great band, uh, called Chasing Furies. Chasing Fury. Furies. I thought you were going to promote your. No, own. <laughs> no, not my old band. No, my wife said the same thing. No, uh, it was a band called Chasing Furies. It was uh, the, the the lead singer. They were three siblings, and the lead singer was this lady out of Texas. And cool band. I mean, there's a you'll have to listen to them. I, I mean, I was like home. I was like blown away by this song. I think it was called Thicker or something, Tricker or something. Anyways, cool song, cool band. Uh, late '90s, they did like one album. Uh, I don't think you would. Get, and I'm going, why was this like just classified under a Christian market? Like, why couldn't it just just be put out to the radios? And why do we have to call it? Why do we have to stamp it with Christian? What's yeah. what's the deal there? What is why? I don't understand. You know, I part of me to thinks, me to me, if we're stamping things with the the Christian label, I think it really should just be like
0: like just worship like that's if you're stamping it christian it's worship otherwise it's just music you know i think there's also the fear and i was thinking about this this morning too man we're going off our uh list but i like where we're going this morning so let's just keep it rolling if you're a christian band does every song on your album have to be about christ can you are you not allowed to just talk about life or other topics whereas I think of a band I was a bit of a uh, Christian punk rocker back in the 90s right. you remember yeah. MXPX I do I feel like every other album they would do a secular album that was meant for radio play and then they'd go back and do a more Christian focused album and they literally it seemed rotated every other yeah. one what their focus there was There was there was a
1: whole there was a whole uh, market that they were. It was, it was Christian punk. It wasn't mm-hmm. punk. It was Christian punk. Like, it was definitely I don't like, not punk. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, but punk music, it was just like, why does it have to have this Christian label in front of it? I don't understand that. Punk is just punk. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes be, the most punk thing you can do is to like, if you're in a, a world full of people that are, you know, doing drugs, mm-hmm. you know, the most punk thing you can do is to like, you know, I'm going to be who I am, but I'm still your friend. Yep. Like that's a punk, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, you had MXPX and, and I remember there was one song off their, Oh, what was the name of that album? It was the one where they got really big, uh, had punk rock show. Oh, we man. ain't got no place to go. So let's go to the punk rock show. And, uh, they had this song on there and it was like a forced Christian song. Like the rest of the album was just this, like, just cool poppy punk songs. Like they felt they were required. Like, we got to check off Yeah. So we got to have a song that has Jesus in it. It was just like, it just seems so forced. And I'm like, I don't know why you even did that. You know, it's like clearly the
0: corporate people that are. Yeah. Forced me to do this. There was Reliant K. They were strictly a Christian punk band, but every once in a while they'd try and get free of it and do songs that weren't. But it'd be like about a Sadie Hawkins dance or something just like yeah. not relatable at all. So if we're not talking about Christ, we have to talk about really safe yeah.
1: material.
0: Yeah, so I guess I guess
1: my thing is is the, the whole Christian music industry, it just seems like that, like it should just focus on look if you want to be a Christian artist we write we write songs that are specifically inspiring to Christians that are worshipful otherwise you're just a record label just like just just be a I'm a musician that just happens to be a Christian and I use a lot of Christian themes you know I mean I you know when Cat Stevens, became a Muslim, I don't think he was like, well, i got to look for the Muslim labels now. I'm going to be a Muslim artist. You know? He's still, like, just, like, I just write music. I mean, he happens to be a Muslim, but, you know, and and, and Bono,
0: you too, I mean. Bono's had a lot, yeah, he's uh, very spirit-led. He's also gets a little bit, uh, I used the word last time, wanky. Sometimes his theology gets a little bit wanky, but he's also Bono, so give him a break, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Bono's actually had a lot to say about his own personal faith, and I didn't know that until much later in my life, how right. devotee was in certain areas. Yeah, so was- I, I guess I just wish that uh, the
1: Christian music scene would get away from that a little bit, that they would not have this, like, separate cat, we have punk and we have Christian punk, we have rock and we have Christian rock.
0: We have hardcore, and we have Christian hardcore. I will we say have contemporary, and we have Christian contemporary. Some of the most hardcore metal shows I have ever been to in my life were Christian metal bands. I don't know. There's something about Christian metal that I feel like that I don't like. I felt like I was in danger when I went to a show. Yeah. And I was like, is am I at the right show? I think like one of the best Christian
1: hard rock bands is. Uh, Living sacrifice. Oh yes, absolutely, man. They can crush it, dude. And I, you know, I would have like a. Sometimes when I'm if I'm doing like a workout, I'm like I want to feel like <laughs> a, and I want to feel like a man with testosterone flowing to me. I'll put on like some really hardcore music, and I'll have like a I've got like a mix and, you know, I listen a little bit of everything. So I've got like it would be like some Slipknot in there uh-huh. and, and what have you, you know. But then I'll have like Living Sacrifice in there too because they're awesome. I <laughs> and out- I don't care if something's Christian or not, I mean, I'm going to judge the lyrics for myself. I'm going to look at the content and I'm going to be, take responsibility for that. And there are songs where I would listen and I'd be like, man, I don't think I should be putting that in my head, you Mm -hmm. know? And I, and I'll take it off my, my playlist. That's what we need to do as Christians is be responsible for our faith like that. But, uh, you know, we need to also not just assume like, well, this is a bad song because it's not in the Christian market. You know, I'm sorry, but I think I want to listen to, you know, and of course Slipknot's got some crazy songs, and there's probably things you shouldn't listen to, but I want to listen to it and judge for myself, and maybe they have something to say, maybe they have an insight that I need to hear as a Christian, because maybe that's those are the people that we want to, uh, you know, talk to anyways. And for all I know, he's a Christian. I don't know. I don't know the people that play in the band. What do I know? We used to, you know, Brian uh, Welsh of uh, Cornet is a is a christian and he's still playing with corn you know mm-hmm. so we don't know i think we should listen
0: <laughs> listening to, and the best way for us to know whether or not the words we're taking in through our music are healthy or uplifting or edifying to us is by knowing what truth is so i would say the more time we spend in god's word in the bible and devotion and prayer the more it reveals to us whether these words were taking in, how far off are they from from truth? From truth, yeah, definitely. And, um, which is fun because I kind of wanted to play a little game of let's talk about some popular Christian songs and let's put our uh, put our brains to work and like kind of dig into them and see what we okay. think about okay. each individual like one. So I had the first one of course i had to have a hymn that was written by martin luther himself and that one is a mighty fortress is our god probably the one he's most popular for if you're in the lutheran church you've sang it before and when you sing it boy the congregation goes wild when they're like like, (laughs) what And
1: and he says if you're lutheran you've sang it before and what he means by that if you're lutheran you literally sing it once a week for your entire life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you hear those, it's like when you hear your favorite song at a bar, and you're like, oh, is this yes, yeah. this is a, it's a mighty fortress. Everyone. It's like Billy Joel's uh, Piano Man. This a song. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little chance we do along with it. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> So we didn't, the last time since we're redoing this, we didn't go through the whole one, but I just read through the first two um, sections of the song. And want to talk about why I think it's a great worship song and why it stands the test of time. Okay. So a mighty fortress by Martin Luther starts out. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. And what's you a, know what's a bulwark? We had 24 hours that one of us could have looked up. Neither what one a of us looked it up. was. But if you know what a bulwark is, um like us on and subscribe to us on Patreon and uh let us know. Um But what I liked about that is right from the get-go, it's praising God. It's saying our God is a mighty fortress. He does not fail us. That's the very first line that's slipping into your head. That is biblical truth right there. And from there it goes on. It says, our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing, for still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe, And yes, I start reading in the stanza and the rhythm of the song. I cannot help it. But his craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. So it's going from our God is strong, but it reminds us that there's something out there that Satan is a real deal. That sin is real, and there is actual dangers and a reason that we need that mighty fortress. So it reminds us God is great, God is strong. He's our fortress. And that there are dangers and there's a reason for the fortress. You know, I think an important, and I'm glad, I'm actually glad we're redoing this because
1: this is, this is uh, something that just hit me is what it does. The lyrics are painting a picture. Mm -hmm. They're painting a picture in your mind to meditate on. Mm -hmm. And I say that because uh, I know there's another song that you're going to talk about. (laughs) And I know I want to keep that idea
0: of a song supposed to paint a picture. Uh huh. Let's just keep that Oh, If I walk out of this room loving that song... No, you
1: won't love that song, (laughs) because it is a really
0: dumb, boring song that I can't stand. But I want to have charity here. If you want to find out, stay tuned. We'll get there. (laughs) But this is the second part that I really... This is where I really start to love A Mighty Fortress. Um, Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. Were not the right man on our side the man of god's own choosing you ask who that may be Christ Jesus it is he lord sabbath his name from age to age the same and he must win the battle so right there we're going from saying god is strong sin and the devil are real we need god and then we talk about ourselves a little bit but when we talk about ourselves we're saying if it was our own strength we were confiding in, we would be losing this battle. It's a confession. It's a confession yeah. to ourselves and a reminder at the same time that we don't win this battle on our own. Only right. Christ, our mighty fortress, is the one that we can right who can protect us.
1: Right, right, and 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 so worship has a confessional aspect to it. It's a uh, uh, all the way through uh, when you're when you're saying God's your your mighty fortress, you're saying. Um, out of the gate, I'm I'm weak against sin, the flesh, mm-hmm. the devil, all of it. I'm I'm weak against that, and God is my mighty fortress. You know. Yeah,
0: I've once heard people say that Lutherans are too much into the sin. We're Debbie Downers. We always like are saying, "Man, I can't do this on my own." Um, but I don't think that is really a negative thing. It's just acknowledging God is greater than us. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I don't think I've ever gotten the feeling that uh,
1: Lutherans are down on. I mean, my experience as somebody that did not grow up Lutheran uh, is that there was a, a sense of grace mm-hmm. among
0: each other. Well, we found the balance, John. See Baptists are really good at the sin. They're really good at reminding you of that. (laughs) Sometimes the grace aspect doesn't always feel as evenly distributed. Yes, yeah. We uh
1: I definitely was acutely aware of my sin Uh, growing up, so I have a very sensitive conscience uh now. But uh which is not bad, it's but not you a just bad gotta thing. you
0: gotta follow but up that I sin just gotta make sure that,
1: that the what I'm feeling guilty of is something that God actually says. Yeah. Don't do
0: this. Not just because <laughs> youth pastor Jimmy <laughs> yeah, said wanted yeah, to make yeah. you feel bad for Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Apologies to any youth pastor Jimmy's out there. Yes, just, yes, Jimmy, we're apologizing. Except for you, Jimmy, you know who you are. But I think the words the
1: words are uh, now you know we can be pretty liberal with the musical styles and i think in churches and etc but i do think that we have to be careful with the words yeah and i think you can have um songs being played that are maybe teaching wrong ideas about god you. about us you know maybe it's a song that 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 is is saying you know It's not admitting that you're a sinner, but like you're like somehow you're helping God in this task. And well, that's just definitely not true. And if you have that concept, uh, that you somehow are helping God, for instance, Mm. in the whole process of salvation and and life, then you're going to have an idea that that somehow your works
0: are a a part of the saving process. And it's me and God, one or twin act power is activated like only us right. divine can do it when it's really just us getting the heck out of the way now before we go into talking about sort of a particular worship song that seems lacking i want to talk about there's disagreements among some people as to what really makes a worship song but some there are some agreed thoughts on what a true worship song should incorporate of course Praising God should be there. We right. should. It's not worship if it's right. not thanking God for who he is. Um, other things from uh, Martin Luther and other reformers would say it should teach. If it's actually... It like should teach said, theology. Yes, yes, it should be yeah. something that if repeated, we're remembering and reminded of what God's done too. So if it's not directly A- praising, right. it can stick in our heads and we're learning from it. Well, because the, the importance of music, you have to imagine
1: it was... Five, six hundred years ago. Okay. Go back in time 500 years. You and I and most people are illiterate. We're illiterate. Oh, back then. Back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. 500 years. We're illiterate. Um, how do you teach somebody about God and retain
0: that if they can't read? Mm-hmm. Music seems like seems like it would be a pretty good Music, idea. Music's a great way to teach. Maybe
1: storytelling. Yes, to teach about God, about who God is, to teach the stories about God. And uh they also would use the stained glass windows. And that's why you see so many of the stories of the gospel, etc., in stained glass windows in old churches. There was a reason for that. Now, does every church have to be built with stained glass windows? Of course not. You have to take culture for where it's at. We live in a world where 90-something percent of people that live in this country, fortunately, Mm
0: -hmm. are literate. We can read, you know, to a certain level. But we're kind of going down. It'll probably be like graphic novels with anime (laughs) panels of Jesus with a big... That's right a great this. idea for another subject because we were going to talk about the Bible at some point uh, mm. for another topic, and
1: we should talk about that graphic novel Bible.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're, <laughs> we digress. Always we digress, but you've learned hopefully to expect that by yeah. now. We might call this this podcast a uh, grains grace and digression. But mm. yeah. <laughs> the the last thing that I personally agree that a good worship song does. It kind of shines a mirror on our own life, reflects on us, and makes us think about our own sin. It seems weird to want to think about our own sin during worship, but I believe that when faced with our own sin, it makes us appreciate God's grace that much more. If we think we're going through life just fine, we don't have any sin we don't have anything to atone for, then why do we need God's grace? Why are we praising him in the first place? But when we realize how much he's done for us and what his saving grace really means, I think it amplifies the worship even more. We're more thankful for what he has done. Yeah, people that
1: don't think they've sinned or aren't like, I hate to use this phrase, but Jonathan Edwards, the old (laughs) angry creature, we're sinners in the hands of an
0: angry God. Yes.
1: You know, Uh, But people that don't think they've sinned or are sinners or have faults are some of the worst people because they have no tolerance. Mm -hmm. They have no tolerance and they have no um, compassion or
0: grace or kindness. They just think they're God. They've kind of got the idea of redemption and salvation all out of order. Well, Christ died for us for the forgiveness of our sins. I must not sin anymore. If I am a Christian then right. anything I do must be untouchable, but that's sort of out of order. It's forgetting the here, not now. Yes, we are forgiven and redeemed, but we really don't punch that ticket until we. Right. The flesh is dying. Ticket. The yeah. flesh
1: is still under the curse, right? Yeah. The flesh is still, this flesh is still under the curse. It will die. My spirit will live. And will and and I my my new body will be resurrected one day and and I'll have a new body, you know, with Christ. But this flesh is under the curse. Mm -hmm. It will die. And pastors, if that is wrong, let me know.
0: Well it will die and then it will be we will actually have our bodies recreated, true bodies. New new bodies. It will be a new body, as as Paul talks about, I believe it's in First Corinthians. Um Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because he talks about the the seed that's planted, and this yes. is planted as a seed, but it, but but it's raised new, newness of life and a new body, and there will be a new heavens and a new earth, and and this is actually our home. God's gonna recreate earth, and this is where we'll live. Yeah. That's that is
0: that'll be another eschatology conversation that we'll have down the road. And I look forward to that. Yeah. I think this discussion though leads us into our next one because it's that different mentality about how we approach God that I think dictates how people have authored these songs of worship. Yeah. Because uh, Martin Luther, if you aren't aware, he was always second guessing himself back when he was a monk, he would have to preach and he would write that he would confess over and over again, multiple times to the pulpit because he was afraid, of having any lingering sin before going up there. Like he was almost petrified until later he changed his thoughts on that and realized that grace freed him from having to have that guilt and worry. But yeah, he grew up with that fear. So a lot of his songs are always tied into the fact that yes, I'm aware I am a sinner and thank you God for, for freeing me from that. Yeah. But let's just get into, I'm just going to rip the band aid off. Oceans by Hillsong. Um, see if I can pull out that same emotion that I had beforehand yes. when talking about this song. Or, you know, let's just say a lack of emotion. Because I think the reason I don't like it is because it's just the most vanilla, nothing, make of me what you will right, song. Right. that Well, and I think that like with
1: Hillsong, and they've got some really cool songs. They do. But I think they're sometimes one of those bands that think everything they touch is good, gold, it is good. And good, it's not it cuz they have some just like any band. Mm-hmm. Every band's got garbage songs. They've got their B-side. My favorite band's Oasis, but you know what? There's some garbage songs. And I know that Noel Gallagher would agree that he wrote some garbage. i
0: blame it blaming on his brother.
1: Yeah, so we all write garbage and uh, you know, um uh, yeah. I think Oceans is one of those songs I think I dislike the song for a different reason than you I think you went as far as examining the lyrics I I immediately
0: hated the song for the song just because it was, not and a so good I didn't song. even bother going into the lyrics. <laughs> I've heard this. I've heard this song at all different churches. We have sang this song yeah. at my Lutheran church at Why our. Why are they singing service. this song? <laughs> I think because it's popular on the radio, so people will respond to it. We're trying to do a contemporary service. Oh, quick! What are some contemporary songs?
1: Uh, I heard that Ocean song's pretty good.
0: Oh, man, we paid money to them for that. Don't even get me started on the fact that we paid for (laughs) the rights. But let's just get to it. Oceans by Hillsong. Um, You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand, and I will call upon your name. And we got the word faith in there and your name as I'm looking at it is capitalized, so clearly it's God, but already But is it painting a picture for you? Oh that I'm on the beach and I already hate that sand everywhere. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> like you reminded Said no me no one ever <laughs> Don't get me started I did a whole uh devotion for our youth group on relating sand to sin because it's irritating and it gets everywhere and it takes something really good to be I hate sin. I got back from the beach from our national youth gathering. Yeah. It was everywhere. I could taste it, I could smell it. It was like coming out of my my feet were torn apart. I've knocked out my shoes. I just can't get rid of the sand and sorry, <laughs> that was my sand related to sin. How we feel that sin is this thing we can't yeah. get rid of. But no, I I don't like – I like the beach, but just take all the sand off the beach, and I'm okay with that. So you want grass and then water? Yeah, or just a pool. Just Yeah, I like swimming pools. Just Yeah, concrete. Yeah, just a concrete. Concrete up until the ocean. Yeah, and then- that's great. Ryan's concreting the beaches of America. Okay, so uh, back to oceans. Yes, but the, the beginning, it's – yes, if you know that you're in a church setting singing this – that it's about God, but what is it really saying? And you reminded me, maybe it's like Peter being called out of the boat. I think the lyrics, I mean,
1: that's, that was the the first, when I first heard the song, that was the, the story that immediately came to my mind when Jesus called Peter out of the boat. Mm -hmm. And that story of course is all about faith. Yeah. Um, Walking on water, but you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus to walk in that faith, and I think that's a good I mean, it's a good picture I don't I don't know that I necessarily Your criticisms with the the lyrics. I don't know if I have the same criticism of the lyrics For me, it's just a dumb song. It is. I just don't like the song And I know that people are gonna be like you're not being very nice, you know, but you know what? Um there's no rule that says I have to be nice about stupid music.
0: I mean... <laughs> no, there's no rule that I need you know? to pretend that just because maybe it's talking about Peter that it's good. There is no worship in this song. I didn't even get to that in my last... Yeah. And, no. and I've never... I, as many times as I've heard it, uh-huh.
1: I've never worshipped God in it. No. It's, it's saying, just it's just like... Uh, is this song over yet? Now, I don't know. Maybe people do. I, I don't know. I don't know how... You know, you're singing about an ocean and an ethereal ocean y thing. You're finding God in the mystery. You're finding God in the mystery. Yeah, it's so, it's so like vacuous. There is, you're right, there is lyrically, there's a a, a vacuous essence to it that's just like, we're trying to sound cool. So we're trying not to say Mm -hmm. Jesus because we want to reach, you know, like all the Justin Bieber's of the world. And it's just like, there's no why people like, still like, Songs like Martin Luther's, you know, a mighty because it's there's something strong in And You know, God created us to, to to be man and woman. There's something a mighty fortress is our God. God. You know, that's strength. You know, and it's like, man, I'm getting behind that God. Absolutely. You know, not the
0: You know, well, and and this not in this song, but in that Hillsong documentary, there's so much we can get into. But people say other songs basically said. I know that you don't need me to change to come to you. you which is right. You don't need to change your who you are to come in the church doors because right. God yeah. meets you. But also, yeah, we all need to change. That's part of what worship should, should do is make us realize we aren't just okay the way we are. There's a like capital N need and a
1: like lowercase N need. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need lowercase N to change for God. To give me the grace But it is
0: an acknowledgement That I need to change to yes. Capital N <laughs> And I love any song that can challenge me And be like alright Ryan maybe you should live A little bit better I'm always concerned by Christians Like we were saying who are like, I got this all figured out Don't tell me how to live my life Don't tell me There's a relevant magazine And they are sort of a more contemporary Christian magazine But their comments People are like don't tell me why are you against Christians. Why are you always telling Christians how to live better lives? And I'm like, yeah, tell me how to live a better life. Right. I don't want to be satisfied with where I'm at. Challenge me, yeah, in what I'm doing. But and, and and that and that is a part
1: of worship. I mean, when you have a love for God, you do want to challenge yourself. You want to you want to ask questions. Am I? I mean, I've gone through this where I I just I know that. I mean, just in this conversation, you can probably tell that I can go off on a tangent and be kind of mean. And I don't want to be mean, no. you know, and and there was a time where I was I was pretty mean as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 and, you know, and more and I would work on it and I would think about it, and pray about it. and Man, God, help me not to be like this. I don't want to respond to people this way. And you need to see that stuff. And that is what God is calling us to do. So, I'm sorry, you know, Hillsong, that I said your song was stupid. I just want to say that now. They're our brothers It's not sisters. a great song, though. Let's be honest. I'm you sure just they're forgiving you right now. now.
0: They're saying, John, we forgive you. But I'm also, see, I balance it all. I
1: balance my criticism with the fact that 85% of what you write is incredible. Mm-hmm. I love it. Love it. Splinters and Stones, awesome song. Yeah. Fantastic song. Um wonder i love that song wonder have you ever seen the wonder great song i mean it is mm-hmm. um and, and then going back as far as everlasting your love. you know great song um 85 of what they write is amazing but on
0: oceans eh, no. i don't think so and that <laughs> is something you were saying a lot of their songs have changed over the time and without Spoiling future episodes, I'm sure we'll talk about this lovely church more in the future. Yeah, they've been around for a long time and they've always been known for their music. But as the church, an Australian born church, right, started getting more Americanized and started taking cues from prosperity gospel people they saw becoming popular here in America, right, that sort of changed the direction of their church. So yeah, as great as we are here in America, we kind of had a bad influence on Australia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a shock. Yeah. <laughs> what a shock.
1: Um, but yeah. And and that church is is you know they're they're dealing with a lot of um, they're dealing with a lot of um, scandals and issues right now, and it's unfortunate, you know, because I don't know, I'm sure they've had a, a ministry, an effect on people's lives that could have been a positive effect and maybe something like that might turn in my, you know, the way I was certain things like that would have, would have made me like, Oh yeah, there's, no, this is real, you know? Mm-hmm. So,
0: you know, unfortunately that, that, that happens and
1: has that effect.
0: But, uh, it kind of leads to a good question, which maybe we say for maybe the next one, depend on, but there's a lot of bad churches out there. And I say bad, not because, they're preaching a different gospel, but bad based off their structure, their leadership, a number of different reasons, or in the case of Westboro Baptists, you know, just mm-hmm. sometimes seeming rotten to the core. But the Word of God is still spoken, so I, I'm always curious what good can come from a bad church. Um, that is a,
1: actually a really good question. Um so one of the, when I when I was looking at the outline for this episode, um, one of the things I thought about in that question is I remember there's a story when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, you know, these guys are baptizing in your name, and Jesus is like, who cares? The gospels being preached, and I mean I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, that was but, uh, yeah, but that close. that's about right. That's yeah, exactly right. right,
0: actually.
1: And um. I think if the gospel is being preached, then who cares? The question is, is the gospel
0: being preached? And is the gospel being preached as the truth it is, or are the words being manipulated to be something else? Right. What happens when you use the words of God for your own good as opposed to God's own good? They're still here in the word of God but you're warping it around your own worldview or your own opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, there's, man, that's a, this is a tough one because um, there are, you know, there's this is what I like about Martin Luther. Um, what the Protestant Reformation was about is it rightly divided scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And it, knew how to emphasize the law to the degree that i think the law was meant to as paul they they really took from scripture Mm -hmm. what paul is saying about the law and and really tried to emphasize that on a weekly basis in, in the services and then they also really tried to 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 distinguish grace the spirit, and I think that there is a case that could be made that um, when a church is not rightly dividing those two, conflating or confusing, um, then they're not when they're not
0: rightly dividing those two, then they are not preaching the gospel. And it can almost cause harm. So even though you're hearing the word of God spoken, which is truth, but someone's telling you this truth means something different. Then you're not hearing the word of then God. Then you're not actually receiving the word of God in the first yeah, place. Because the word of God is not just the words of, of God.
1: God. <laughs> it's 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 the the word represents the logos, the the, mm. the everything behind this. Yeah. Right? And that's the word of God. And yeah, everybody has this idea that the word of God is the wooden literal word of God, but I don't think that's right. I don't think that when we read the Bible, um, you, you know, for for instance, um, we are always finding archaeologists are still finding you know new fragments of pieces of of different things in the in the Gospels and the, the new testament and it turns out oh earlier editions you've probably read this in the bottom of your bibles earlier editions say it this way and this way well, which is it which one's the word of god you mean we've been missing the word of god this whole time mm-hmm. no that's absurd it's not changing the meaning behind it the meaning behind it that's the word of god right the the words that we read are just vehicles that are that are relaying that the word the logos of God Mm -hmm. to us and and so um, when people are preaching the gospel they need to be preaching the logos the word behind the words of God the, the law and the grace of God and if it when we have churches or people that are not preaching that and rightly dividing those two Then they're not preaching. To me, they're not preaching the gospel, and they're just saying a bunch of words and making people feel horrible, and Mm -hmm. or
0: making people think they're more righteous than they are. Yeah. You know. So, do we have any more to say, or is that a good place to close? The fact that I think that that might be it, man. We are sinners in need of a God, and we have a God that is full of grace and love for us. I don't know how we can top that. Uh, No, you. We will never top that.
1: But uh, this was a fun one. Um, Better than the first round. I, I got to say, I actually enjoyed this version of the conversation more than the other one because the other one just kind of seemed like it, it was nice having the break yeah. between the two. So Should we do yeah. every episode twice and just throw out the first one? <laughs> right, <laughs> or just pick and choose and edit it. <laughs> um, well, hey, listen, if you liked uh, this conversation today, be sure to follow and review us and uh, make sure you put in your comments. Let us know what you think and share us with your friends. We need to grow this Grains and Grace community. Uh, we want to be a community for people to uh, have these conversations and have these discussions and continue the conversation as well because the conversation might be
0: over here, but it doesn't have to be over where you're at. Yeah, I like the idea of people getting together with friends and drinking the beer. We're drinking and listening to it and talking about it afterwards. Yeah perfect world that would be perfect me.
1: world you guys would just gather around at a certain time and meet and yeah have the beers with us um, remember to uh, contribute to us on Patreon and you can listen to us at uh, any place you can get your podcast for Apple, the most part. Spotify
0: um, to be determined other sources in the future yep this was uh, Grains and Grace I'm the lame man John I am the grumpy Lutheran Ryan bye
1: thank you little moon